Hi, my name is Sydney, and I am so excited to learn from Dr. Professor Alpha today. My name is Maya, and listen, I'm trying to take notes on how to fake my death. <laughs> and hi, my name is Berkeley, and I also have leading Omegaverse expert Mitt Romney with me today. Oh my god, perfect. I'm so glad he's here in the studio with us today. So that voice you are hearing, she is a TikTok sensation and everyone's favorite fandom professor teaching the youngins and the oldins about slick heat cycles, nodding, and mating, even when sometimes it ruins her mental health just a little bit. They have deemed Mitt Romney America's Omega, read Zutara fanfiction quarantine, and have taught the world that Empreg is always possible. She is Icarus Pendragon on all social media, and I have never had so many questions for a guest. It's Berkeley! Yay! Thank you for being here today. Of course, I'm so excited to be here. I'm really just tickled. Oh, thank you so much. I think we are very mm -hmm. tickled for you to be here because I feel like our fandom journeys are like they're they're intersected somehow. I like did a bunch of research on you. I like watched like almost all of your TikToks, and um, when I saw a TikTok where you talked about like <laughs> like the Tumblr fandom versus aesthetic blog war and like super hulak, and I was like, yes, this like tickles something inside of me. Actually, I got a comment like literally a couple of hours ago on a video and it just said, you look like somebody who liked Super Hulok. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. But that did hurt my feelings a little bit. Yeah, I <laughs> my jaw dropped when you said that. I never want to be called that in my life. You look like someone who participated in Super Hulok. Yeah, like I'm trying to go away from that. <laughs> like I'm trying to look like a hippie, but damn. Once you're in it, you're never out of it, as you know from everything oh, supernatural, <laughs> as that will not leave Maya specifically alone. Yeah, actually, I just started rewatching Supernatural because I'm doing great mentally. You know, I started with season four, mm -hmm. and one would, uh, and I I'm thriving, obviously, with my Supernatural rewatch. You know, I pretty, so I stopped watching Supernatural around the time of, oh, fuck, what's his name? Oh, my God, I had such a crush on him. Oh, what was his name? The the prophecy boy. Kevin? Kevin. When oh, Kevin I died, Kevin. I like stopped watching around. I know I did too. I like stopped watching around there. And then I came back into circulation when the finale was coming up because my mom like still continually watched it until it died and burned up in the sun. And I used to sit around to watch like the last three episodes. And like those were a treat after not watching for like many years. Yeah, I think I stopped around a similar time probably. And I, yeah. still, I haven't finished. So it, is it different watching back? Because like, I'm pretty sure I haven't watched Supernatural since I was like in at least high school. Yeah, it's different. I have a lot more uh, cognitive thinking skills now. And so as I'm watching, I'm mm -hmm. analyzing. And like, it's so bad, it's good. Like just the acting, yeah. the plot, just everything about that. So yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a little different now. Um, so... Getting into it, so tell me about your relationship with fanfiction fandom. Uh, where did you find um, fanfiction for the first time? How did you start reading and writing it? Okay, so I think like like my first foray foray into into fanfic would be, or just fandom in general, would be like when I was ten and I would watch fan art compilations of Harry Potter mm -hmm. fan art on YouTube. And then I just spent a lot of time doing that, just watching fan art compilations. I didn't know that anything bigger or greater uh, existed. And then when I was like oh, 11 or 12, probably, I was given unfettered internet access, which is always a great idea when you're yeah. 11 or 12. Yeah. 
and then just discovered like deviant art and how people made fan art and whatnot. And then I think did you used to read uh, fan fiction on deviant art? No, I think I like I read it on YouTube without realizing that I was reading fanfic. Mm. I, like Wait, I just, I there just, was like, fan fiction on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, it'd be Wait, like, just like text on a screen. Yeah, it'd be like a little slideshow. It'd be like a little ten-minute video, and it'd give you the slides, and I it'd love be like, that. yeah, it was, it was very cute. I just didn't realize it was fanfic. I just, I don't know what I thought it yeah. was. But then when I was in like the seventh grade, I think I was very, very into the Hunger Games, uh, unhealthily so because I don't know how to casually like anything. Mm-hmm. And so, for one, I made all of my teachers call me Katniss, and they did for some <gasps> reason. Yeah, that was okay. <laughs> like ver- secret that I've been holding near and dear to my heart. I was very into the Percy Jackson fandom, basically from the time I was in like the fifth grade to like still now with the television show coming out. Um, but I made like an OC for myself when I was like in high school, and her name was Atalanta, and I adamantly made all of my teachers call me that when I was in a sophomore in high school. I love that so much. And I, they, they were like doing a roll call first day of school, and they were like, if you want me to call you something differently, and obviously it's for the people who have very long names, and they're like, shorten it. Like, Rebecca, no, just call me Becca, or whatever. And they were like, Sydney, and I was like, call me Atalanta. And they did it! <laughs> no, uh... Yeah, just oh god. Um, so very into into the Hunger Games, and mm-hmm. I was always thinking like, well, what if this happened instead, or you know, what happens next, and just all those like general fanfic questions in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was you know plotting out and mapping out little stories in my head, and then one day I just decided to Google. I was like, what if other people do this too? They probably do. I can't be alone. Mm-hmm. And so I Googled stories about the hunger games uh-huh. <laughs> and uh fanfiction.net popped up yep and i spent days just glued to that screen like and i would because it was my first time ever reading i was just reading whatever popped up like i wasn't looking for anything specific i was just like clicking link after link after link and i was like mm-hmm. why did nobody ever tell me about this before this is incredible and then I think like I spent like a weekend doing that and I went to school the next day and I went to tell all my friends about it. And I was like, you guys know about this thing called fanfic and it's super cool. <laughs> and they were like, Berkeley, it's not, it's not that cool. And you're kind of weird. And I was like, I don't care. It's super cool. All my people call me Katniss and I'm going to, you know, print out fanfic and make you guys read it. And oh, it was so bad. Yeah. Cause I did. I like, I, the first fanfic I ever wrote was for the Hunger Games and like mm-hmm. looking back at it now, I can realize it was obvious self insert, but just like yeah. my OC was me. It was like I, I didn't know the terminology for it back then because I was just reading fanfic, but I wasn't in fandom yet. Um, mm-hmm. And so like I printed that out and like just made the kids at my school read it. That's brave. It That's was, really brave. It was, um, and I got bullied so much, and I didn't understand oh, why. No. But now I get it. it just, also, it just wasn't good fanfic. It was very plotless. I mean, I mean, it was baby's first fanfic, right? So yeah, there was no plot. I mean, nothing made sense. But it was mine, and I was like proud of it. And I had like my little small handful of other thirteen and fourteen year olds that were reading it and like hyping me up mm-hmm. about it. They it's- were your first commenters. They gave you your first kudos. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were, God, I will never forget those people, even though I don't know who they are, but they really (laughs) helped me be where I am today. Mm -hmm. 
Let's see. And so, like, I wrote, you know, some some Hunger Games fanfic, yada, yada. And then uh, we were talking about Percy Jackson earlier. And so then mm-hmm. I started reading the Percy Jackson series. I love that. I still love it. I have a Percy Jackson. Oh, text. my God. Do you really? I do, yeah. What do you, What is it? Is it, like, the... I know a lot of people in, like, 2014 got, like, the trident. Oh, no. I, uh, mine's a pin turning into a sword. Oh, I think I saw that on TikTok, actually. Yeah, I, like... I actually got the idea from a TikTok as like somebody had drawn it and they were like, if you mm-hmm. want to get this tattooed, you can. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go get it tattooed and now it's <laughs> on my body forever. Um, lovely. Lovely. So uh, There's nothing better than fandom tattoos. Maya and I both have one. Yeah, I have uh, several, but I just, I don't know. I don't, think- I, I don't enjoy things casually. I am all or nothing. Yeah. I mean, that makes the best people though. It's the only people who listen to our podcast, so... <laughs> Uh, okay, so we get to, we kind of leave uh, the Hunger Games behind. I think an important thing to note is that I didn't, I, like, I have ADHD, but I didn't get diagnosed okay. with it until I was in my 20s. And so I can look back at it now and be like, my intense love for these things were obviously hyperfixations. And like, of sure. course, you know, I'll have one and then I'll be all in and then I'll discover something new and I'm all in on that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I never completed my Hunger Games stories because I was now hyperfixating on Percy Jackson. Sure. And that story got a lot more traction. My little Percy Jackson story got a lot mm-hmm. more traction than my Hunger Games one. But I lost interest in it because my hyperfixation shifted. I can't remember what it shifted to. Probably like Divergent or something like that. Typical oh, what an awful book. I know. Typical YA. What an awful book. Ian something. You know, I used to run a um a fan page for Divergent on Facebook. Really? Yeah. I met a guy one time. He was at my community college and he had the tattoo of like each of the, like of the the fat the symbols, the fat, yes, like going up his forearm, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, and he was a pretty large dude. Like, I, you wouldn't think this tattoo was like would be on this guy, like, dude. Fortunately, I never got the divergent tattoo I was planning on. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still a myriad of other fandom tattoos. Yeah, but that one's like, I remember trying to explain that series to somebody like recently, and there's just no plot to it. You, like, try to explain it, and you're like, I don't know what the plot of that book was. Yeah, I don't even think I read the last one, because I'd lost interest by then. Because mm-hmm. the second one kind of sucked, but not what. Did the second one it? sucked real bad. I think it was one of the only books I actively threw against a wall. <laughs> and then the third one, I you're not really missing anything. Like, there wasn't real special about it. I think, like, I guess spoilers for Allegiant, but, like, she, like, dies in the end, which, like, was a really big thing for a lot of people, because they're like, main characters don't die. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean, I knew about that, and I was like, what What was the point of making her, of killing her off? Angst. <laughs> teenage angst, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of teenage angst, um... So, you know, I'm writing this Percy Jackson fanfic. It's a high school AU. They're just kids, whatever. It's much less self-inserty in that I created, like, an OC to go in this story. Mm-hmm. But it's still very self-inserty in that I just made all the characters, like, you know, Percy and Anna, but I just made them like the things that I liked, you know. Yeah, like, it didn't make sense. It was very out of character. But I was like, you know what? Percy's going to like to read books because I like to read books, you know? Uh-huh. And so, and that was another just very plotless, pointless story. I, you know, I was just writing it like, you know, as thoughts occurred to me. There was no end game. I didn't know how it would end. I still don't know how that story mm-hmm. would have ended. But I had 
a much bigger following for it. I think like around the time I remember checking the statistics, like the traffic statistics for that mm-hmm. story, and it'd been viewed over 20,000 times, which really just went over, really just went right over little 14 year old's head. Um, it's a big number for a 14 year old. Like yeah. just think of 20,000 mm-hmm. eyes, like no. Yeah, it was that. It was daunting. And so I, I guess, I don't know, I guess, like, like I said, the hyperfixation ended, or I just really just didn't want to write the story anymore. And I've always been a people pleaser. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mentioned the, the late ADHD diagnosis, uh, which meant that I've always struggled with like rejection, you know, rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria. I just didn't uh-huh. know that's what that was. And so I was thinking, I was like, people are asking me to update the story and I don't want to. So like, what do I do? <laughs> and then I was like, I'll just tell them that I died. That way nobody can be upset with me and nobody will ever be like looking for an update, yada, yada. And so I posted this terribly phony, you know, <laughs> note from a friend saying that I had passed. And uh-huh. so like me faking my death, objectively, very funny. Me saying yeah. that it was from cancer. Not very- <laughs> Look, I had just read John Green's The Fault in Our Stars. Like, what did you expect from me? There was um, no other death oh option at that God. point. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, like, it was really very tacky of me to say it was cancer. Uh-huh. But, like, I was 14 and not thinking about the consequences of my actions. So I think I can be forgiven for that. And so, yeah, I just, I, like, never thought about it again. I kept, that was, like, a very close-kept secret for Mm -hmm. me, the whole faking my death thing. I completely abandoned that fan fiction account because I was like, what if people see I'm active on it somehow and they know that I'm lying about being (laughs) dead? Yeah. And then around the time that I- Your friend just actively stays logged into your fanfiction.net page and it's just like, oh, no, I'm still just reading fanfiction from the Dead Girls account. Yeah, and what confused me about, like, the note that I posted, like, looking back at it, I have no idea why, but, like, at the end, I, my friend had posted that I had written a couple of chapters that hadn't been posted yet, and that she would do her best to get them out and to complete the story for me when I faked my death, so I didn't have to write it anymore, so I don't know why I gave them false hope. (laughs) Just a post, posthumously. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so around the time that I faked my death, I think like a couple of days after, I joined Tumblr uh, uh-huh. so in, in December of 2012, right? As, a, as, as you do as a 14-year-old. Yeah, you joined um, Tumblr. You're into hell. Uh, you're fake dead. This is hell. This is hell. Tumblr's hell. Tumblr was hell. Because it, it was 2012 Tumblr, too. And so then I got like active in online fandom spaces for the first time. And I was like, oh, there's a community of people who intensely like the same things that I do in the same intensity. And we can talk about it. And this is really great. And then, you know, just seeing everybody post about Super Hulock, I was like, I want to be mm-hmm. one of those kids. And so I became a Super Hulock kid and whatnot. Uh, reignited my love for Avatar The Last Airbender. I was like, I'm yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm still very active in that fandom. It like BBC Merlin, which is why my username on TikTok and just everywhere is Icarus Pendragon. A lot of people think it okay. comes from Howl's Moving Castle. It does. It's That's, that is what my that is what my sister asked me. They're like, "Is it from Howl's?" And I was like, "I don't know." No, it's from it's it's from Merlin, which I don't. I, you know, it was okay for the time. It's, it was you yeah. Know, <laughs> it was it was acceptable then. Yeah, and then I think I just kind of like, I was still reading fanfic for lots of different fandoms. I wasn't writing as much because 
you know, mm-hmm. I guess faking my death left a, a, a bad taste in my mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah, just getting, and then I was like, you know, active in and out, just as hyperfixations go. And then, see, high school happened. I was really, really into it in high school because, you know, I didn't have any friends. I was in marching band, being on Tumblr, reading fanfic. That's just, like, what I did. Um, Yeah. Sorry, I play the viola. I have to. It's it's an orchestra versus band thing, and I have to do it. I was, objectively, I am Italy because I was both in orchestra and marching band, so. That's unfortunate. I mean. I did marching band for five years in college. I was not a music major. I was just there. I don't know why. I was just like. That's commitment for not being a music major. And I I was like, I don't even think, like, I liked it enough, but it's not like I was really intense in my love for it. I think I just did it because I'd always done it. And I was like, "What what do I do if I don't do marching band? We'll never find out. That's fair. The only reason I did it was because they they had like a synth in a pit and then the the person who used to play it like graduated and they're like, we need someone to play it. So I had a bunch of friends who were also just casually in marching band and they were like, you should play the synth. So I just learned how to play piano for them for two years. Do I know how to play it now? No, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't play it for you in the slightest. But did I learn those both of those like <laughs> performances on piano? Yes. Yeah, I, I I wasn't very good at marching band. It's not like I was bad at it, but it's I was very mm-hmm. middle of the pack, mediocre. I was like, I'm gonna show up and do my job, and then I'm gonna leave. Especially in college. Which, which instrument do you, do you play? Oh my god, I played the flute and the piccolo. <laughs> I love flutists. What's your problem? She's a snob. Um, I go to music school. Yeah. I have an opinion. That only applies to music students. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's fair. I know uh, being in marching band, I know so much about music majors and just how not great they Mm -hmm. are sometimes. Especially the marching band ones. (laughs) Yeah. They're intense. The rest of us are actually kind of normal, but yeah, the marching band kids are like on a different level. Yeah, they really are. Be like knowing from like orchestra and like knowing the band kids from marching band, like I would hang out with the orchestra kids any day of the week. But the marching band kids, you're just like, oh my god <laughs> like this is cringe this is another level yeah no yes. truly yeah. they were like those were i i feel like there there was like if there was a venn diagram like in the middle were like the kids marching band kids and also the kids that were like tails to school at least in my high school no oh, that's a i think that's a a universal experience cat yeah. ears naruto running in the halls cat like, ears for sure kids. yeah probably was a band kid but then also they were also the kids who just got drunk like all the time we had like uh like retreats that we used to go to for symphony and orchestra high school we would just like go to the to the woods closest to where our school was located which was like a two-hour drive from us and we would just like hang out in the woods and play instruments for a weekend and they were always one that were like i'm bringing weed i'm bringing alcohol and we're just like you're gonna get caught and they did get caught they got caught all the time because they were just idiots everything was always like on location for us but uh Mm -hmm. high school kids just you know they're not developed all the way mentally so sometimes they just do silly things yeah they do so so we divulge from the past so you're in college now (laughs) yes we're in college um uh, going into college, I was like, I want to be a high school English teacher. I think that'd be great for me. Every career aptitude mm-hmm. test I've ever taken has told me that I'm meant to be a teacher. 
Uh, I yeah. like reading. That's what I'm good at is reading. And so I thought that because I was going to college and I was going to be an English teacher and I was going to have to engage with the Western literary canon that I had to put fanfic behind me and I couldn't read it anymore because mm-hmm. that's not what, you know, English majors did. And then I was really miserable yeah. for a couple of years. Like I just didn't have a good first, like a couple of years of college, just adjusting mm-hmm. and, you know, being like the smart kid who never had to study learning that I do need to study. And I don't know how, because I've never had to before. And just that adjustment. And then there was the whole, like me getting addicted to cocaine thing that like really, okay. <laughs> yeah, that like really threw <laughs> a wrench in thing. This is a very history and story we're going yeah. through right now. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, this is, like, and these are, like, the pinpoints, though, like, in me being real active in fandom. Mm-hmm. So, so, you that know. I was, like, sorry. <laughs> there was, I remember, this is just tangent after tangent. I was, like, with my mother the other day, and she just, like, we were watching, mm, I don't remember, some documentary, and she turned to me, and she was, like, have you ever done cocaine? And I was, like, no, Mom, I haven't. And she was, like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Mom, have you done cocaine? And that's just how my mother casually told me that she did cocaine in the past. <laughs> I was just like, oh, <laughs> okay, guys. Like, I guess her and my father were very into the party scene before they had children. But I was like, what a weird way for you to drop this onto me, Mom. Just a casual, hey, I did cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the cocaine thing's important because um, I was really into the party scene in college and then like cocaine and drinking and whatnot. That obviously did wonders for my mental health. And so I did have mm-hmm. to visit a psychiatric facility for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then when I came out and I was going to therapy, my therapist was like, you really need to find a hobby. And I was like, everything sounds boring and stupid. And I don't want to, you know, I was like, I just want to do drugs. And he was like, you can't. Yeah. I know that, but I can't find a hobby. And then I think I was randomly logged back on Tumblr one day after that therapy session uh, where we were talking about getting me a hobby, and then I was like, "Oh my god, fandom! I can like do that again. Who cares?" <laughs> um, and so I got you know back into fandom and reading fanfic, and that was my hobby. So I didn't do cocaine. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, what so- a clickbait title! Fan fiction saved me from <laughs> from <laughs> death. <laughs> Not clickbait. <laughs> Asterisk <laughs> emotional. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of it does kind of sound silly when you say it that way, but. <laughs> but it's great <laughs> like yeah. what a story um so yeah you know therapy uh, going getting back into fanfic uh i changed my major from english education to english literature mm-hmm. uh, and then my senior year of college my second senior year of college i should say i was like working on my capstone project and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what I wanted to write about. And then I think at first I was going to write about representations of the American dream in black authored literature. Um, okay. Because I think sometimes people forget that, like, I know other things about literature that aren't fanfic related. And, like, a special interest of mine that I yeah. never get to talk about is the American dream and how that's represented. And I took a lot of mm-hmm. black studies classes in college. And so I know a lot about that. And I was like, intersect. Let's talk about that. But then... I don't know. I was just like struggling to find a way to make this just 20 pages because there was so much that I could talk about with it. And I think like a month before my paper was due, I emailed my capstone advisor and I was like, Hey, I'm going to change my subject. Um, but just keep in mind, like I've, we've been a uh, pandemic for like a good few months now. Cause this was probably, oh, okay. like, yeah, this was 
So capstone started in March and then I got an extension because I'd had to have surgery and then uh, stuff happened and I went to like remote learning before anybody else went to remote learning and then the mm-hmm. pandemic hit. And so I spent a lot of time alone and I got really, really into fandom again because I was spending so much time alone because I wasn't going anywhere, isolation and whatnot. Um, but yeah, then like a month before my capstone project was due, I emailed my professor and I was like, I'm changing my topic to fan fiction as an accessible means of storytelling. And she was like, I don't think this is a good idea. You won't have enough time. And I said, I don't care what you think. I want to write about fan fiction. And so I did all this research. I wrote the paper, yada, yada. And then I'd been off my meds for a little bit at that point. And I was like staring at my paper and it was due in like 12 hours. And I think I had like a couple of tweaks to make on it. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. don't turn this in then what? And so I just didn't turn it in. So I guess I kind of dropped out of college by ghosting everyone. Okay. But like, I did the work. (laughs) That's all that matters. Listen, like life happens when it happens. Like I don't think my younger sister's in college right now and she has all of these friends who are like, I'm going to do this, this, this. They got their whole life planned out. And I'm just like, that will fall. Like it will burn to a flame if you try to do that. Like you just need to let it happen. (laughs) Like, and if that's like not turning in a final paper, like that's just not turning in a final paper. Like it's, it's the way it's meant to like be like, it's just how life works sometimes, even if you try to have this plan laid out in front of you. Yeah, exactly. And like a big part of it for me was that, and I don't know if it was like self-sabotage because I didn't want to know what happened after I graduated. But another big part of it was that like in doing all of this research about fandom and fanfic and the accessibility of it and all the great things about it, I got really disenchanted with the elitism and academia. And keep in mind, I went to like a small public university in North Alabama. Mm -hmm. And so like, if I experienced that kind of stuff at such a small setting, I couldn't imagine what it would be like at, at larger universities. And so I don't know, I was just, I was very fed up with Uh, academia and everything that that entailed and like I said the elitism and I read all of this about fanfic and it really reignited my love for it and I you know I was like I could I could go back to college later I could go back whenever I want I'm not Mm -hmm. in a place where this is like what I need to be doing right now it's college I don't know what I need to be doing but it's not this and so I dropped out a few months passed by I'm working my little job, whatever, you know, reading a lot of fanfic and being very active in fandom. And then, you know, I had been on TikTok for like, right before the pandemic started, or I think for like a little while before the pandemic started. And so Mm -hmm. I've been on it for like two years before I ever posted anything. And then I just posted a few videos and none of them did exceptionally well. It's not like I expected them to. You're your first couple of videos are so sad because they're about your cat. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and it's just so tragic. Yeah, I don't know why I posted that. Like, I, I'm funny. It's truly, like, <laughs> like the emotions of, like, pot roast all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really, really, tra- and I was like, oh my god, like, this, these are the first TikToks that you post, and it's just, like, probably just to talk to somebody, because, like, in a moment like that, you just need... Just anything, like even if it's talking to a camera. But I was just like, what a way to start. This is incredible. Yeah, I think that was like actually from my Snapchat. And I just put that on TikTok so like the, so like my friends could like Mm -hmm. see it because I thought they would think it was funny. It just (laughs) roller coaster of emotions. Um, I posted kind of like sporadically, not expecting anything of it. And then I posted one video just sharing Mm -hmm. some funny bumper stickers that I found on Etsy. And that got like, 
30 something thousand views. And that was the first time I ever had a video blow mm -hmm. up. Uh, and I got like an influx of followers from that. Um, and then nothing for a while. And then I posted that video about me faking my death. Or I think I'd responded to a comment. Yes. And that blew up. And I was absolutely like flabbergasted by that. And then a couple of days later, I made a video that was like a joke about me explaining the Omegaverse to my mom. And mm -hmm. now we're here. I love it. We are going to touch back into a lot of those topics because I yeah. have just so I've well, I've never had so many more questions for like a, one of our guests before. Um, and I think that's mostly because you just you have like a lot more um a, like public on like TikTok and stuff like that. Yeah. Because a lot of our followers there, they're either like don't ever have social media or I guess they don't have any social media or they just have like Twitter or something like that. So yes, absolutely. And I'm pretty sure that that TikTok of you talking about how you faked your death was the first TikTok I had ever seen from you. Like straight off the bat, the first one I had ever seen from you. And um, then I had sent Maya, when you agreed to be on our podcast, I'd sent Maya like your TikTok. And I was like, this person like agreed to talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I, w I went through your TikTok because I, Sydney does a whole ton of research and I don't. Um, <laughs> she's incredible. She shows up and she's my best friend and I need her for support. It's fine. But I was, and you had popped up on my For You page like a couple days previous and I liked the video and I was like, oh, hey, like that's, that's sick. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you've what, at least been our atmosphere for a while now. Yeah. And what's crazy to me is that like literally all of this has happened to me within like the past six months. Yeah. So I, the internet is so weird. Yes. TikTok especially is so weird because it just like anybody can blow up and you do it so quickly. Mm -hmm. Like it's so insane. Yeah, like, absolutely just baffles me. Because, and like like I said, said earlier, I still, I'm just like a bitch with a phone, you know? Like that. Mm -hmm. And people, I, I don't know, the other day somebody was like leaving a comment on some video, I can't remember exactly which, and they were like, we as your fans will always support you. And I was like, what do you mean <laughs> fans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's People uh... need your social relationships with me. That's bonkers. <laughs> what is that fucking TikTok sound that's just like, I don't give a pair of fuck. This person, my best friend. <laughs> like yeah. that. That's uh, Omar's big sister. She's another uh, big Omegaverse content creator. Mm -hmm. and she's one of my mutuals. I love that. I think, you know what? I think it's because you talk about Omegaverse. Because like, at least when we've talked to other people, we have, uh, when we normally have just fan fiction authors on it, we have questions of what is like a thing that you really want to write and what's like a trope that you would never touch. And I think three out of the five <laughs> like like a, in a ratio say omegaverse they're like no i would never touch that well okay so confession time omegaverse isn't my favorite to Kay. read by a long shot it's just That's fair it, i think it's really interesting and i like all the variables around it and what have you and i like having answers to stuff i like knowing things and so i just uh, I, mm -hmm. I had done so much research about what it was and what it entailed and what the dynamics meant and just everything before i ever read an omegaverse story and so like it's it's not my favorite but like i just know a lot about it because it's very interesting to me no i think that's fair i don't you know there might be some people whose omegaverse is my favorite i enjoy reading them from time to time but it's definitely not my favorite um either like I don't seek out an Omegaverse fan fiction mm. but when they come to me I'm like okay <laughs> like we're here um I do want to go back a little bit about the fanfiction.net death 
um, because you had given like an update you you kind of spoke about in your TikToks <laughs> about you know people were commenting like very nice things about your passing um <laughs> and then casually you just decided to update <laughs> one day yeah I don't know. I just, sometimes I'm like, I just want to cause chaos. And what better way to cause chaos than to unprompted update the story you abandoned nine years prior by faking your death with a terrible update and untagged impreg, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I just <laughs> thought it would be funny. Well, I mean, you did set yourself up for success trying to be like, you know, as your friend saying that you had some finished chapters that were being posted and that she could... Um, publish them when she could and that just happened to be nine years later yeah I think that's the the publishing schedule I know some people do like once a week or like once every two weeks yeah. I'll just do once every nine years I think that's fair I also think that there are some fanfiction authors out there um us included right now mm. who are like once every eight months so not too far off the money <laughs> so yeah I just think that's very funny I truly think that um anybody faking their death is like quite funny um, because unless they're trying to get, like, money out of people, like, they're trying to be, like, go fund for a funeral and they're not actually dead. Like, I just think it's very funny. I don't know if you know of this, the subreddit hobby drama, <laughs> but it's basically a subreddit about just, like, drama in very niche spaces, like the sewing community um, or the Furby community. And it's very fun to just skim through sometimes. And I came across an article that was basically all the people who have faked their death in the Splatoon community, <laughs> which was like five people. That's the entire community. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're just, they're funny because like it was one person. I remember one person specifically because it was like one person had actually died. No, wait. <laughs> one person gave a, a death update, as you will. And mm. then another person saw all the love that they were getting. So then also decided to fake their own death to get that love and attention and support. Um, and then it, I think they posted like being like, it's, it's their mom. And those are always really, those are funny too, because they're just like, hey guys, it's, it's Berkeley's mom here. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know that she's passed. And they're like, this is her, like, private Twitter account. That, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody else knew but her that she had. But then, like, later it came out that, like, after they found out that she had, had faked her death, that the original person who posted also had faked her death. So the Splatoon community is just very wild. People are just dropping left, right, and center. Basically. Uh, but that's just very funny to me. Because unless you're hurting someone, I just think it's very funny. I will say, like, whenever I made that first video about me doing it, I don't know if it was the first one or maybe, like, a follow-up video I'd, I'd done a few weeks later about it. Somebody was, like, very upset that I had done it and they were demanding that I apologize. <sighs> and I was like, I understand where you're coming from and I see that you are a minor, so I am going to react with grace to this situation. Sure. However, I was 14. You must understand I was not thinking about what would be happening in a decade from now, um, and also, yeah. it wasn't, like, my intention to hurt anybody, and they were like, you just need to go back and apologize, and I was like, I literally can't, it was nine years ago, I don't think anybody <laughs> looks at this story anymore, who uses fanfiction.net anymore, you know? Maya's never used it, so, yeah. but you're also probably not thinking that anybody's gonna, like, be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry for your loss, <laughs> like, in the comments of a fanfiction.net, like, then you're just expecting maybe people to read it and be like, Oh, okay. And like move on to another fanfiction, maybe. 
Yeah, I was really blown away by like the outpour of love and support that I received. For a long time, I would mm -hmm. go back. I still do it sometimes, actually. I would go back and like read all the nice comments that people left about me in my passing, and it did make me feel better. So that's really sweet, actually. <laughs> so you'll know that you know when you actually do pass, people out there will will only have nice things to say. And well, from my understanding, what my followers have told me is that it will take Mitt Romney himself announcing my death for them to believe it. Oh, okay. So I may have uh, set myself up for failure with that one, but sure. we'll see when it happens, you know, if it happens. You know, hopefully it won't be a very, very, very long time from now, so. Yeah. Um, but talking about your TikTok community, you know, your, your quote-unquote fans, um, what has been your favorite part of creating this little community of yours? For, for one, you know, like I said, when I was going to college, I wanted to be a teacher. And so I like that I get to be an educator in something that is very near and dear to my heart and very near and dear mm -hmm. to the hearts of others. Um, but my favorite moment ever, I think, happened a few days ago where somebody left a comment uh, and they said that the comment sections on my video were the safest that they have ever encountered when it comes to like just people oh. being nice and not malicious. Um, and so yeah. being able to cultivate and foster a community where people can talk about things that aren't necessarily unorthodox, but are commonly mm -hmm. not talked about or get kind of like side-eyed, just like people knowing that they can come and ask me any kind of deranged question or talk about anything that's like most people just wouldn't talk about and not receive judgment. So that's really, really yeah. important to me. That's very nice. I think especially in a fan fiction space mm -hmm. because I think we know personally like some people can react very poorly to fan fiction um I especially to fan fiction that is quote-unquote taboo right um and I think Omegaverse definitely falls into that and I think for a lot of people who do enjoy Omegaverse you know when people come off as like ew it's gross why are you <laughs> why do you enjoy you know reading about people who act like dogs basically yeah so I think to have a space like that is very important. I know it's what we're trying to cultivate and um, that you've done a very good job at. Thank you. Um, so I do want to know, Dr. Professor Alpha, how did you learn about the Omegaverse? Was it just like an itch that you had to learn more about it? Did you read a fan fiction that started it all? What What was it? Okay. Um, it started with Supernatural, as most people's brushes with the Omegaverse do. So I had a Kindle in high school, right? And on AO3, you can download as like an EPUB and then you could have it on your Kindle and read it like a book. And mm -hmm. I was, I think I had just like downloaded a whole bunch of, of just supernatural stories that I didn't like check the tags for or anything like that. They were just like highly kudos. So I downloaded them, whatever, I was going to read them. No, I really, I think I didn't even look at the, the summary or anything. I was like, if this many people yeah. like the story, then like, I'll, I'll read it. And so I'm sitting in my, this would have been 11th grade chemistry class. Nice. Um, I'm sitting on the lab table, mind you, because I was just weird. There's no other way to put it. I was sitting on the lab table reading this supernatural fanfic on my Kindle. I did have a golf, co a golf coach as a teacher. So it's not like he was going to do anything, you know. Yeah, um, we had plenty of those too. Yeah. Soccer coach that was also like a English teacher. We had plenty of those. Yeah, yeah. He didn't care as long as I turned at least something in. Like I took a test in there sure. one time, 
Uh, and I didn't know any of the answers because I was really good at science until you started adding math. I'm just not good at math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so took the test, didn't do well. But on the back of it, I wrote the entire synopsis of the first episode of Attack on Titan with diagrams of like the walls. And that's what I turned in for my chemistry test. I know I failed the <laughs> test. I think he gave me a couple of extra pity points. But, you he know, was like, good drawing. Yeah, he was like, you at least, you know, weren't on your phone during the test. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Um, Listen, the walls are very difficult. There's three of them. And yeah. um, I don't remember any of the names. I don't either. It was Mario and Sheena. But yes, I'm sitting on the black lab table reading my little fanfic. And I can't remember the name of it now. It's like out of the blue or into the deep or something like that where Cass is a mermaid and you see some of these dynamics come in. Um, and I was like, what am I, what am I reading? It's like a 600,000 word fic. And I just truly had no idea what I was reading. And so when I got mm -hmm. home, I Googled some of the terms and I was like, oh my God, what, what is this world that I have no idea about? And then just spent forever like scouring Tumblr and uh, Wattpad and just anywhere that had any information about it. Um, and then I was like, okay, now I have forbidden knowledge. That's great. And then didn't get to use it again until I got popular on the internet. Well, at least you got to use it again. <laughs> yeah. You don't use it, you lose it. Do you, are you still like, because I know, uh, getting into the, the uh, next question I had, I've seen some of the comments that you get on your TikToks. And, um, you know, some of them entail the lines of like, do you, do you think there are food lines built into selling flavored slick? And like, do you ever get comments like that? And you just have to like ponder to yourself like, how did I, how did I get here? <laughs> like, that I have to, like, you know, because there's, to, like, when you're with yourself, at least, there's only so many questions that you can ask, and then someone else comes, and you're just like, wow, I've, I've never thought about that before. Yeah, every day of my life, it's like every morning, I wake up, and I look at myself in the mirror, and I say, how did you get here? What happened? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was the faking my death thing. I think this is karma, but I look sure. at myself in the mirror and I'm like, how, how did this happen? How do I get to be the person that entertains and facilitates these conversations about slick and slick adjacent things? Um, but, you know, most of it's in, in pretty good fun. So I just I let it happen. I don't think I have a choice. I, whether I want to answer the questions or not, they're getting asked. So sure. I share the burden, you know. Share the burden. We're all in this together. And, uh, I mean, you get to educate people who had never heard about Omegaverse. Because I, I don't think I had met someone who didn't know about Omegaverse until I was talking to my sister. And she was like, what? What is the Omegaverse? And I was like, no, I'm not the right person for the job. I'm not going to do that to you. And a lot of it now is that, like, you know, in the beginning, I was answering. Um, and sometimes on occasion, I still will answer some of the more... Um, outrageous questions but a lot of it now is just me sharing with the world what people say to me like the words that they say to me because they surely are words sometimes and mm -hmm. I, hardly any of them are ever in the bible and I just want people to know like what people are saying and so it's just and you know it always makes me laugh whether or not I'm crying in the video or not I do get a chuckle out of it and I hope that other people mm -hmm. do as well which is why I share so much of the absolute insane bonkers stuff that gets said to me Oh that's you know what <laughs> I don't know if you're making any kind of bag off of TikTok but if you are get the bag 
Yeah, I'm actually not. All of the money I get comes from people just taking yeah. pity on me and sending me money, which I appreciate. But I, yeah, that's another thing. I do all of this for free. I mean, that's just all fandom is. Fan art. I mean, some people sell their fan art, but fan fiction, really free. Videos they make on TikTok, free. It's just a gift economy. Um, also, a side question I have. How did you become the Mitt Romney girl? Oh, God. Okay, so um, this story, I think, requires a little bit of, like, backstory for context. So, okay. you know, the Capitol insurrection happened. We all watched with rapt attention. Blah, blah, blah. I go to work. I was, like, watching it on, on my TV, and I was like, Mitt Romney's kind of hot, you know? Because I think he was, like, getting interviewed or something. <laughs> okay. And I was like, Mitt Romney's kind of hot. And so I went to work the next day and I was talking mm -hmm. to my coworkers and I was like, we all agree that Mitt Romney's kind of hot, right? And they were like, so mm -hmm. it, was, it was a divided camp, right? Some of them were like, yeah, he's hot. And everybody else was like, absolutely not. And sure. so we talked about Mitt Romney a lot at work. And then I thought it would be very funny if I printed out several photos of him and hid them uh, various places in my job for people to stumble upon. We called it getting Romney'd. And so those shenanigans went on for a little bit. And then I just had like 20 pictures of Mitt Romney out and about nice. in my house. <laughs> and so uh, I just, I, one day I decided to stick him up on the whiteboard and somebody had made a comment about him before I'd like ever said anything. He was just hanging out in the corner. Uh, and I just made the joke. I was like, yeah, he's, he's an Omegaverse expert. And then I started just introducing him as America's leading Omegaverse expert. I have accidentally padlocked tens of thousands of people into associating Mitt Romney with the Omegaverse, but I don't consider that a bad thing. So No, me, I don't either. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's done enough that... Yeah. So me being the Mitt Romney Omegaverse girl, uh, as I'm known to some, was purely accidental. But I am delighted sure. that that's who I am, or part of who I am these days. Are you ever worried that if you get a big enough following one day that it will somehow find Mitt Romney, even if you won't know, even if he never makes a public comment about it. Just, you know, maybe one of his children comes across it. I hope for that. I long for the day that he finds out. I want a cease and desist letter from Mitt Romney because that will be the peak <laughs> of my career. I think that would be so funny. I would frame it. I would carry it with me everywhere. Um, it would be an honor to get a cease and desist from Mitt Romney. Oh, man. I, I like Mitt Romney more than I like Ted Cruz, so, you know. You know what, that's fair. More power yeah, Ted Cruz ain't my Romney, so. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Cruz, there was just a TikTok I came across today where some mom was yelling at her daughter being like, you're gonna get, like, beat up by the conservatives, and it was, if you put that on your car, and it was the Ted Cruz ate my son bumper sticker, and she was like, this doesn't even say he's a bad man, it just says that he ate my son. <laughs> Yeah, this is, it's not like I'm saying anything bad about Mitt Romney. I have bad thoughts no. about him. I just don't share them. I just objectify no. him. That's what we do here. It's pure objectification. Exactly. And if I... No, I'm, that is an inside thought. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, you know, you have collected these academic articles about fandom and fan fiction, some about like queer spaces um, in fandoms or more specific fandoms like The Hunger Games. And there are a lot of people who enter fandom spaces and they never get this far into like analyzing it. There are quite a amount of people who try to like look at fan fiction and fandom with a analytic light, but like I feel like a far number of people are just trying to have a good and fun time and don't really want to think that far. So what made you want to get so deep into this academic side? And I know that you mentioned before 
the capstone paper and stuff was that just like the start of it well i've i've always been really interested in how lots of of things work i just like knowing stuff Mm -hmm. and so like i've been interested into like what i call the mechanics behind fandom for a while i just didn't really you know have the resources but i'd seen a, a tweet talking about you know fan fiction as accessible storytelling and that really got my gears going and that's when i decided to write my, my capstone project on that. And then I was able to do a lot of research and I realized just how deep it goes. Like there's an entire field of academia called fan studies. And that's what they look at is fandom mm-hmm. and fanfic and uh, participatory culture and everything that that entails. And I just, I think it's so interesting to have an answer for like why we do the things that we do or like plausibilities behind why we do what we do and why we say what we say and how we say it and the history and I just think it's it's very interesting uh I think another part of it for me was that um so when I went to college it was for English literature and so I learned Mm -hmm. how to analyze literature really critically um and then I get back into these fandom spaces and I'm without meaning to analyzing everything really critically uh, and so I had a lot of questions raised then because of that for like just things that I'd never paid attention to or noticed before. Um, I also would like to touch into the fan fiction you have subjected yourself into. <laughs> um, scrolling through your TikTok, you have subjected yourself to a lot more than I think most people would. Um, you know, Cars fan fiction and even fan fiction written about yourself, yeah. um, which is both very fun and frightening, depending on what it is. Is there anything in fandom that continues to shock you, or are you just been like completely desensitized at this point? I think I really do think it's just that I've been completely desensitized, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's entirely cursed and deranged fandom and fanfic's fault. It's you know the unfettered internet access I had in my formative years, sure. like the shock sites that I would visit or that we all visited, you know, when we were thirteen, fourteen, seeing things that we definitely shouldn't have. And so when I see it written out, I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. It's fiction. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe one day something will like give me pause, but that hasn't happened quite yet. What has been the weirdest thing that you have read? What is the weirdest thing that I've read? I don't know. Mm, probably the uh, Jasper Hale, you know, from Twilight slash okay. Romney fanfic I read. It was well written. It was just interesting combo, you know? Yeah. I always wonder about how these people come up with these combos. Jasper Hale, X Mitt Romney. It was good. I did enjoy it. I genuinely enjoyed it. Admittedly, it was weird, though, because it was very yeah. much Mitt Romney in Twilight Universe. That's fair. How would a politician react to vampires? Was well, he a politician in that one? Yeah, he was. Or was he just a dude? Okay. Yeah, they met at a, a, a like a gay cowboy bar. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Very fun. I definitely there was um there's a streamer that I watch sometimes that does Animal Crossing content and um for like I don't know why she had read a animal crossing one about judy which is i think it's called like the taming of judy awful like an awful thing that happened to that little baby bear i just cannot there is definitely a lot of fan fictions like the milk fic that's like very famous that i just i cannot subject myself to at this point anymore i mean like i feel like if 
I have the the scope or the lens that these things were written seriously, mm-hmm. it'd probably be an issue for me. But I can't take any of it seriously. Yeah, so I'm like, eh, it's just like a crack fic, you know, it's a joke. Even if it's not like intended as one, that's how mm-hmm. I read all of them. And I think that's, AO3 is very kind in that regard, because almost always in the afternoon, it's just like, I didn't write this seriously. I wrote this because I had a nightmare and I needed to write it down. Or they're, yeah, they're just very explain or yeah just very explanatory and how and why they're writing what they're writing do you get sent a lot of fan fiction by like your followers i do yeah um on occasion when i go live i will like read cursed fanfic and then they will mm-hmm. send me what they want me to read or sometimes they'll just like stumble across something that's deranged and it makes them think of me which i think is sweet yeah um, and they proceed to send it to me <laughs> so you know we've been talking about your fan fiction journey from to now when you have this very large following on TikTok. Do you see yourself either, you know, publishing or reading fan fiction like far into the future? Like is this like a oh, I could see myself doing this forever kind of thing? I think so. Yeah, because I mean, I've been in and active in this community for uh, you know, a decade at this point. And so I don't see this ever leaving me permanently. Now there may be times mm-hmm. where I'm like a little less interested in it because sure. I'm fixating on something else, but I don't foresee it ever like leaving me permanently. Like I think I will be doing this um, you know, reading fanfic, maybe even writing it probably for the rest of my life. Yeah. I think like, you know, especially there's this like discourse in in fan fiction that people like they move on they write original fic (laughs) or original you know stuff they get it published and you like leave fan fiction behind which is like very nice in the regard that like you are now like making a career out of your writing but like there's just something so homey in fan fiction that like Mm -hmm. knowing especially the some of the people we talk to who have been in fan fiction for like or fandom for like 20 you know, plus years or you know 15 plus years it's it's like very kind and very nice to see like the people older than us like in their 30s like still continuing fan fiction like it gives hope that like the teenagers who are writing fan fiction now will stick to it and then we'll get like still incredible fan fiction for years to come yeah and I know that sometimes there's like occasional discourse surrounding adults yes. and minors and fandom spaces um But, like, it's a relatively new concept that minors Mm -hmm. are allowed in fandom spaces because modern fandom, as we know it, started with the original Star Trek, which aired in 1966. So modern fandom, very, very new concept. But how fandom operated with Star Trek was that you would join a mailing list and you would be mailed these fanzines that had fanfic and fan art in them. And Mm -hmm. then Star Trek actually started the whole idea of conventions or cons, you know, And you had to have Mm -hmm. money, time, and resources to be able to go to those. And those were adults. Um, Same thing with as it progressed when we get the internet and these fan sites start popping up. You had to have uh, the time and resources to be able to have internet. And that was adults, you know? And so it's a very, very recent thing that minors have been granted access to this space. And it's still, I think, majority... Uh, of, of people in online fandom spaces are adults because and I made a video about this the other day you just you don't age out of fandom you may lose your interest in it but 
you don't age out of it. There is no age limit on fandom. Mm-hmm. I, I know, because you're, like, pretty, you're like younger than me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever think about if you're going to do fan fiction for, like, 10, 10 years from now? Like, 20 years from now? I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> no. My, my foresight is not that long Mm -hmm. all i know is that i'm writing now sure and it's what i like to do so why not do it for the next 10 years Mm -hmm. you know sure but you're like you don't know what 10 years from now it's gonna be yeah exactly that's fair what is the best advice for these minors coming in to this space what do you have like the best advice that you can give to the the teenagers or even anybody who's like maybe even older in their 20s and 30s who are just coming into fandom like what's the best advice you can give to them uh, to be open to education and to uh, just learn the history and like learn your roots, like know where fandom comes from, because there are so many things that we do um, mm-hmm. that have a long rooted history. And we this is like we don't know why we do them. I, I was thinking about this earlier, actually. So, um, you know, you don't see it as much anymore. But it's something you still see where somebody will put like a disclaimer at the beginning of a fanfic or at every chapter where they state, yeah. you know, I don't own this. These aren't my characters. And people don't know why that happens. You know, they didn't know that in the yeah. late 90s and early 2000s, Anne Rice was suing people or trying to sue people <laughs> left, right and center for writing yeah. fanfic about her works. And so people were terrified of getting sued and hence the disclaimers. But now we have... AO3, which has OTW, which is the Organization for Transformative Works, and they have a legal team that goes mm-hmm. to bat for fanfic authors, but it wasn't always like that, you know? Um, and fandom yeah. wasn't as nice uh, back in the day. It's a lot nicer now. It's a lot more accepting. It's a lot more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's just really important for... Uh, people entering fandom at any age to be open to education and to like understand the where and why and just you know Mm -hmm. where we're all coming from as fandom elders like we're just I know there are some people can I think the people who are really aggressive for lack of better words to minors are it's just because like there are minors who just don't want to listen to people who have been in these fandom spaces even just with fanfiction.net like banning certain types of fan fiction or banning mm-hmm. like they banned like explicit works as a whole like at one point and then mm-hmm. obviously tumblr with their porn ban like fan fiction barely got out of that like scot-free um so you know i i definitely think that's you know something to be said of just listening you know maybe instead of being like oh why are there adults why are why are like you should be at home taking care of your children like maybe you should be open to being educated yeah um and just understanding that you know without trying not to sound like you know an old man wagging his finger at the kids in his yard Mm -hmm. um you know adults were there first and you know this access to the space has been granted which means that you have to be open to Mm -hmm. um education and to listening and to like accepting when maybe you have a bad take but also i think it's the adult's responsibility to understand that sometimes kids just have bad takes or minors yeah. have bad takes. Um, and I've experienced this a little bit. And I just, I just have like, as angry as it makes me, or I, it's not angry, it's just, I get irritated. But like, sure. I, kids just have bad takes sometimes. And somebody has to be there to educate them. And if you're always the angry old man wagging his finger, they're never going to learn and they're never going to do better. So adults have yeah. to understand that kids 
or the, the miners in these spaces need to be educated and the miners understand that they, like they just need the education they need to be open to it yeah and even like thinking of it in terms of like the really great amazing beautifully written fan fiction is like probably not written by a 16 year old yeah like there there could be a very like amazing 16 year old who has the writing skills of of neil gaiman from the time that they were birthed but like you know, a lot of the really amazing, beautiful fan fiction that, like, you're reading and that everyone's reading and pop off on TikTok or whatever are probably written by an adult. Yeah, who's, like, got kids and a job. And that's, like, another thing about me is, like, a lot of people are always very taken aback by the fact that, like, I'm a human outside of what I do. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm married and I have a house and a job. And people yeah. are always like, what do you mean you have a life that isn't in my phone screen, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely something with fan fiction authors, too, of, like, you know, when people ask for the next chapter and you're like, well, hold on, like, I have a full-time job or I have 20, <laughs> 21 hour credit hours mm-hmm. in school or I'm taking care of children and this is, at the end of the day, a hobby. Like, no one makes money off of fan fiction, mm-hmm. you know, unless they're the one of the few incredibly lucky people who get to make, like, a Patreon um, and people like pay them for one shots or to or commissions or anything like that. Like unless you're one of the very few lucky people, like this is a hobby. <laughs> like this is a hobby. And even then, like you you just you can't charge for a fanfic. You cannot commercialize it no. because when you do that, it's copyright infringement and it risks all of it being banned. It's an honest yeah. and all miracle that fan fiction is allowed to exist. Um, it's just based on like everything you have stacked up against it. There's like a couple mm-hmm. little loopholes that make it allowable. Yeah. Um, like, like last night I read a 43 page uh, article from the Houston law review talking about fan fiction and copyright. And it was just mm-hmm. like incredible how much like had to happen in order to let fanfic be allowed. And the big part yeah. of it is that, like, it can't be for profit. Which, um, to all the capitalists out there who think people don't do anything for money, <laughs> there are plenty of people who do things for free. Um, so the last question I have for you is what is your next move in your fandom journey? Are you could continue making TikToks, publish fanfiction? Um, I know on your socials you've talked about a Discord channel. Yeah, okay. So, um, I have actually a couple of fanfic stories that I'm working on right now. They are staying firmly planted in my Google Drive until they are nearly all written, just so I don't disappoint myself mm-hmm. and others. I have that Discord server in the works. It's almost ready to go live. I have a YouTube channel that I really need to start working on more. Nice. Just I, I'm not a big YouTube watcher. I think the only thing mm-hmm. that I've ever really watched on YouTube was BuzzFeed Unsolved. And so now Very I watch... Yeah, it's great. And so now I watch um, them on Watcher. So mm-hmm. I don't really know YouTube. So I'm teaching myself how to do like editing and all of that. Nice. Uh, and so, yeah, I think I'm just going to continue posting and see where all of this takes me. You know, like I said, tomorrow I have an interview for MIT's magazine Technology Reviewed, mm-hmm. which bonkers to me. I'm going to be talking to a woman who writes for the New York Times and was named one of Forbes 30 under 30 for Europe. And I'm like, I talk about slick on the internet, but okay. Wild. Yeah. Just like, please. Is she going to ask you about what nodding is? Like, that's a very... I sure hope not. I think uh, <laughs> we may touch on like what I'm doing now on the internet, but this is very much uh-huh. you know, the one time that I faked my death. Everybody's okay, so okay. interested in that. <laughs> so like, it's very funny. Like, it's very funny. 
so that's i mean i don't know i'm just gonna see where all this takes me uh mm -hmm. i don't think that i don't know it's not in my plans to ever pursue content creation full-time simply because sure. i don't know about the longevity of that it's very unpredictable uh mm -hmm. and i don't want it to become a job because if it becomes a sure. job then i'll start to hate it and i want to be able to do it on my own terms and my own time and so that's just what we're gonna do for right now i'm just gonna Keep on trying my best. That's very good. Um, speak, do you want to promote promote any of your socials? Oh my god. Um, yeah. So I am Icarus Pendragon all over the internet. So that will be Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, and Twitter. I post about fandom and fandom adjacent things. Sometimes I just scream into the void. Uh, come hang out with me. I reckon. I don't know if you just want to see what I do in my day to day life. Follow me on Twitter. Very fun. Thank you for coming. I have never um, seen someone on the internet so much where I'm like, I want to be their friend. So it was a very much a treat um, for you to be on our little podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. I, I like doing stuff like this. It makes me feel very fancy. Yes, I, I, I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Canonically Incorrect. You can follow us on Twitter and Tumblr and TikTok and Instagram. Um, you can email us your fanfiction recommendations. And if you are a fanfiction author who would like to be interviewed on our podcast, email us at canonicallyincorrectpod at gmail.com. If you liked us, if you liked the episode, if you think we deserve um, a little something to keep the podcast going, help to get new equipment, that kind of stuff, you can make a donation at ko-fi.com slash canonicallyincorrect. Rate, review, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and any other podcasting platform, tag your fix accordingly. Join it to AO3. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.